We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to Marriage Therapy Radio. I'm Zach. I'm here with Laura. Today we're talking about some tips and tools and tactics that you can use to mitigate conflict or tension uh, between you and your partner. Uh, We talk about the telephone. Remember the telephone, which is now, I guess now it's just an app that's on your phone. We talk about how to take some old patterns, replace them with new ones, and how to really just take care of one another, even when you're in the middle of something hard, which is a good timing because I'm in the middle of an argument right now with my own partner. And uh, maybe I need to listen to my own advice. Laura does a good job of playing therapist for half a second before she bails. Uh, We sneak in a good dad joke. And uh, as always, it's a cool conversation. Stick around. We're not doing that great today, are we? I mean, I just, I'm I'm kind of in a serene place. Usually I'm sort of like hopped up, excited to talk and, and be heard. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, I just got back from an amazing 90 minute walk with my, with my dog. It's tough. That's kind of the only form of of exercise I can do right now is like walking and lunges and, but holy moly, does it feel good to just be out in nature where you're not breathing in smoke. And I fall is my favorite time of year, just like football season and chilly mm. and crisp air. And I'm just, I'm one happy, serene woman today. <laughs> cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I get to go on a walk today with my therapist. I'm excited about that. So walk and talk therapy. That's what I do. Yeah, I put on my headphones and my backpack. It's a heavy oh, backpack. It's like 30 pounds. Yeah. And then I take the same exact walk every single time. So uh-huh. it's like it's like my own little office that I have with her. Yeah. And um, and then I don't take that walk with anyone else. Nobody else goes on that specific walk with me. Um, so. You're such an interesting guy. I am. Uh, I Did I ever tell you that I knew I, was, I wanted to be a therapist? Have I, have I shared that with you? No. Um, oh, my, I remember, um, I actually didn't remember this story. My mom had shared with me. She said, you know, I always knew you were going to be a therapist. And I was like, what? No. And she said mm. that when I was about, mm, I don't know, like young elementary age, maybe seven, eight, nine, um, I had shared with her my plan for life. And I was really into health and fitness at nine. It was kind of mm. silly. And I had told her that I really wanted to take people for walks and talk to them about their problems. And mm. um, I don't think that walk talk therapy was a thing back then. And mm. um, it certainly could have been a route that I probably would have gone very comfortably doing if I wasn't doing virtual therapy as like a different type of modality. But mm. yeah, I always knew I wanted to do therapy and walk talk therapy. It's a thing now. I mean, not just putting people in your ears, but like actually going for a walk with your therapist. Wouldn't that be so great? I would hate that. No, you'd be yeah. so, you'd be, you'd be in such great shape. Why would you hate that? I don't know. It's like, especially couples therapy. Like I don't want to be walking with two people while we're, no, no, uh, no. I have found though that, um, with all the zoom meetings that I've been doing, uh, any individual clients that I'm seeing, I prefer to be on the phone with them versus on the, com- on the computer. Really? 
yeah, I found that like just being able to focus on the voice instead of all the other like cues and is, uh-huh. has been really helpful for me. And it's been helpful for my own personal therapy too. Like I'd much rather be on the phone than on zoom with, with my therapist. So that's fascinating. I, yeah. um, I mean, I've, I've only been doing virtual therapy like exclusively. I have not met in an office with clients for about four years now. And I know that that would be a totally different experience. Of course I do like workshops and I'm in person for a lot of these things, but I really like doing virtual therapy. You know, one thing that I'm finding with doing virtual therapy, and maybe if you are out there listening and you've you've been doing virtual therapy, is because you don't have the ritual of leaving your therapist's office Mm -hmm. and going, you know, like having a drive home where you can kind of decompress a little bit and kind of cleanse the air. I I ask that a lot of my clients actually go for walks after our sessions. And I just Mm. really encourage like, hey, you know, today was a really tough session. If it's a, if it's a, a session where they leave and they're feeling like really connected and happy, then I'm cool with them just like going on and making dinner, joining the family, whatever it might be. But when it's a really tough session and you just, that's kind of the thing that sucks is sometimes therapy sessions are hard. They're really Mm. tough Um, for them to go and just do like a 40 minute walk. It is so good for the soul. Right on. Yeah. So the thesis of today is, is walking. (laughs) Um, I did want to share something though. We, I had this revelation. I have a, um, a client, he listens to the podcast from time to time. And I think he'd be okay with me sharing this. Uh, is his name Lance? His, what's his name? Is his name Lance? Uh, yeah. Bass. Bass is, I think is his last name. Yeah. No. These days, not a lot of guys are named Lance. Okay. In medieval times, guys were named Lance a lot. (laughs) that was good you really worked that one into it that was good (laughs) are your glasses still fogged i'm just you guys i'm looking at zach and he has not been working out he's not wearing a face mask he just has foggy glasses because (laughs) his body is just sweating on fire yeah all right so here's here's what he shared he said um I had a, you know, we, I had a breakdown with my wife and we had a really tough fight. I left the house and, um, and something happened that <laughs> okay, was different. Can, can I tell you something? I'm in the middle of, of last teen, night, teen last up. night, mm-hmm. Rebecca and I had a really tough fight and it didn't go well. And this morning I just left the house. Oh, you haven't even recovered with her. You haven't even no. repaired. <laughs> nope. Oh, good Lord. All right. <laughs> I know. Hold on. That's why Let probably me... why I'm sweating. No kidding. <laughs> The toxins from the fight are like slowly leaching out and attaching. Uh, I don't want to talk about it, but here comes your story. And I'm like, oh, I know this story. Hmm, Yeah, this sounds good. But Mm -hmm. what happened was that while he was gone, his wife called him, which is kind of a rare thing. And she Mm -hmm. called and she was super vulnerable and she took responsibility. And the conversation went different than how it normally does, the repair conversation. And Mm -hmm. they actually processed. And he said that for the first time, she was so vulnerable. And I was like, gosh, that's really interesting, huh? Cause I'm always looking for how did you do things differently? Like what was different this time? How can you, what can you learn from that experience? And I just kept coming back to the medium of saying like, do you think that maybe talking on the phone and not being in the same room with one another and not looking at each other, but having this medium of a telephone actually provided some space, some sort of safety for her in order to tap into a bit more vulnerability. And he was like, 
I think so. And then he shared mm. another story where he said it went really well. And he says, and wouldn't you know, the freaking phone was the medium that's that time as well. Mm. And I just think it's kind of fascinating to look at these different mediums that we have and how it shifts our level of comfort or discomfort. And here's the thing, as a therapist who started off doing virtual therapy five years ago, it wasn't a super acceptable form of therapy. Now it's all we can do. And so many people are just, they're going for it. You realize that it's breaking down barriers that keep people from seeing therapists. But I've always been a huge fan of if texting works between you and your partner, if sending emails works between you and your partner, like you might be sitting here and you are thinking, I really need to touch base with Rebecca. I really need to like, we need to just like at least acknowledge that we're both kind of like feeling pretty distant and you just want to send an email rather than waiting to come home and have the girls hanging out in the house. I'm cool with that. Like find what works for you. And I'm, I don't think that there is any one way that is more superior, even though face-to-face allows you to see your partner, read their body language. I'm down with you finding something that works best for you. Is there, is there a medium with you and Rebecca that it like works really well? Sometimes. I mean, we didn't, we tend to do pretty well just in person once we both mm-hmm. cool our jets. But, um, I did have this conversation with another client the other day, um, specifically around this app called Marco Polo, mm-hmm. which is another, it's, it's basically a video text machine thing, mm-hmm. but it lets you do the same kind of thing, like speak into camera, you know, without an immediate response. Like you, you and I are responding to each other, but like in Marco Polo, you just talk to the screen and send it. Yeah, It's kind of like off. sending a text, except for yeah. it's you just talking and in, uh, into a video camera. But I agree with your premise, which is if you need to find a way to communicate with one another that doesn't, trigger you, then, you know, good news is we live in a world where there's no shortage of options. So, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So let me go into this because you said, okay, Rebecca and I got into it. You, did you sleep in the same room last night? Nope. You didn't. Okay. Um, this is (laughs) great. I'm not going to do therapy on you. (laughs) I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it for Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're gonna save it for your therapist yeah yeah, yeah. okay well that's really good because i'm not your therapist you can't I don't pay know me though, if you like, want um so you know me i don't mind talking about my life but uh yeah. this is I, i'm still pretty hot so let me just move on for a second but um the did i say this before uh, um about this new homework assignment i've been giving couples around their arguments i don't think so so um basically we all recognize this which is we have the same argument over and over again. We do the same. It's the same every time. Take, change the topic if you want, but the pattern is the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so I say, I, I've come up with this little exercise, which is go ahead and write down the pattern. Like um, Script it out. Just script it out. Seven to 10 steps. Like what happens? She brings something up. He gets defensive. She gets critical. He gets mean. She gets sad. Mm-hmm. He slams the door. She cries. They sleep in separate beds. Like whatever it is, like the pattern. Yeah. One partner should come up with their list. The other partner comes up with their list. They trade lists. Then they marry the lists until they can agree that this is the, this is the boring argument that we have. This is yeah. the one that is, that is the, the problem. Mm-hmm. And then, then we burn it or we throw darts at it or we shred it. Like we get rid of it. We say, we're no yeah. longer going to have this boring argument. And I think yeah. it goes back to your premise of we got to do something different, anything right. different, interrupt the pattern. Mm-hmm. That's the cool thing about patterns, right? If you know what they are, you can change them, right? Like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, right. two, three, four, one, two, X, Y. Oh, now I've done something different, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's this, this started for me, uh, with a couple that I had, um, his name was Tony 
and her name, I forget what her name is. Mm, I just remember his name. What's a famous couple? Tony and? Uh, I don't know. So, uh, but she and I were pretty bonded because we could predict pretty accurately exactly what he was going to say every single time she brought up an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was some version of, yeah, but right. It was some mm-hmm. version of, um, mm-hmm. so at one point she said something, she was making eye contact with me. We both were anticipating what he was going to say when we knew what it was. And we started to kind of mutually roll our eyes, which is a danger sign, right? Like when, mm-hmm. when a, when a, if she's rolling her eyes, B, if I'm rolling my eyes, but, um, <laughs> but I finally I just went, Tony, stop. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Don't say it. Yeah. Because we both know exactly what you're going to say. Yeah. Say anything else. Anything yeah. else. Say, I love Fruity Pebbles. And yeah. I promise you, this argument goes a different direction. Mm-hmm. And so he had to sit there for a second because he was confused about what, what I was saying. Mm-hmm. And he goes, well, I was just going to say. And I go, no, 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 no. I know. Ex- no, no, no. We, we, know yeah. we know exactly what you were going to say. Yeah. So say, say, just say something different. And sure enough, like even just pivoting off of the, 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 the normal path took them in a new direction. Mm-hmm. So I, I had this, uh, this moment where a client of mine, I just started talking for him because mm-hmm. it's kind of like, sometimes it's really tough in those situations because you're so ingrained. This is how I've always, this is what I've always said. The, yeah, but this is, this is all I know. And if you have never seen modeling before of what you could say instead, mm. it's super helpful to step in. This is a therapeutic technique that we we learn as Gottman therapists. It's like speak for your client. And mm-hmm. if you ever, ever overstep, like obviously they have permission to stop you and say, uh, I, I would definitely never say that. That's not my intention. That's not what I mean. But quite often they look at you and I'm so I'm speaking for him and I'm just saying anything that's not defensive. Mm-hmm. I'm taking ownership. I'm acknowledging, I'm validating. And you just see the recipient of all of this crumble. They are like, oh my God, yes, you get me so well. And the weird part is it's not Laura, you get me so well. It's it's almost as if their partner is saying it. And it's they're imaginary like, Tony. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. And they're like projecting it onto their partner. And it's almost like I was like this, um, again, like this conduit of just like, I'm kind of here, I'm kind of not, but I'm speaking for your partner. And the partner's like, yes, I don't have the words. I don't know how to say those things, but that is 100% what I wish I could say. And I think I find that the more I speak for my clients, the more they hear Oh, okay. That's how it could come out. That's how I should say it. Mm-hmm. The the easier it is for them to interrupt the pattern because they've heard it. It's kind of like, well, I don't know. Well, it's kind of like, um, you know, it, I've said this many times before, which is that couples get used to telling their story with, let's say, five thousand words, um, mm-hmm. and so their story is pretty limited. It's limited to that that number of expressions. Mm-hmm. When you have a therapist or a workshop or a book or a podcast or whatever that can expand your vocabulary, then you can tell a a richer story, a truer story, Mm -hmm. a a different story. So even if you, what you're doing is you're expanding vocabulary by saying, 
you know, here's another 250 words. Right. Here's another, here's another, you know, 2000 words. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you try using some of these, you know? Yeah. Um, I was just, I was just running through sort of like things that I have found clients picking up from sort of being in therapy, ways that their vocabulary has expanded. And I find that with clients that I work with, the ones that they pick up with me is, I think it's maybe a Brene Brown thing. The story I'm telling myself is, is a way to kind of like, uh, depersonalize, but it's basically, you know, like, Hey babe, you know, the story that I'm telling myself is that you don't care about me because you you didn't call ahead. You didn't, you didn't let me know that you were going to be running late and that I don't matter. And it allows your partner then to say, you know, I, I'm sorry that that's a story that's not at all like my intention. My phone died. I was running late. I chose to get an extra errand in before I got home. And, you know, next time I'll call ahead. So I find clients are often picking up on that. Are there any ways that your clients are picking up on things that you like kind of like phrases that they've expanded their vocabulary from working with you? Well, first of all, I taught you that the story I'm telling myself. No, you didn't. I am a therapist all on my own and I learned it from Brene Brown. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Actually, you can, you can tell yourself that story if you want to. <laughs> what are you drinking? Is this like water. a just just water? Water with a zip fizz. Oh, Okay. Going back to the question with you of, is there anything that your clients pick up on as a result of coming to therapy and you expanding their vocabulary? Well, I'll invite them to think about, this is what your brain is doing. My brain is doing this to me right now. Mm. My brain, it's kind of similar, right? The story I'm telling myself, but Mm -hmm. my brain is saying that I, or my brain is getting defensive or my brain is getting, you know, is feeling like I want to pick a fight or something like that. Like Mm. there's lots of different things that you can you can uh, blame your brain for because then it's, again, it's sort of externalizing the problem, which exactly. is a skill, which is a skill that I think you, we need to have, particularly folks like me who are especially defensive. Like I need mm-hmm. to recognize that my brain is choosing to defend. Right. And then I get to decide whether or not I'm going to yeah, act out on you, that. You have a choice in the yeah. matter. You are not, you know, subject to your, to your brain taking over. Okay. Here's something that I want to circle back. The whole reason why I wanted to talk to you today <laughs> Um, and I'm not going to get, I'm not going to bring this back to you, but I've been thinking a lot about couples where you, they've been getting into these fights, if you will, and disconnecting and the story of, okay, we got into a fight and then one person left and there's this distance between two people and, Mm -hmm. and a, a clear understanding of, we don't feel good toward one another. There mm-hmm. has been a break between our connection. And the the thing that I wanted to talk about is there's this whole element of like needing to like process, apologize, whatever it might be, like the coming back together, the repair. And I think sometimes the repair is too hard. Like you're in a situation right now where you're like, I'm still kind of fired up. And this mm-hmm. is something that happened, you know, maybe 14, 15 hours ago for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I think what's really important is not the, not the processing in the moment, like right now, but I still think that there needs to be the acknowledgement where it's like, Hey, Mm -hmm. I'm acknowledging that there something happened last night and that there's distance between us. And I would like to 
um, come back together at some point, but mm-hmm. I'm still pretty fired up. I'm not in a place where I can talk about it yet. Yeah. I mean, Reb and I are pretty good at this. We both know exactly what's happening right now. Um, yeah. we both know that we are both just kind of coming down off of our perches. What, what we often do is either, um, out loud or subtly as we are kind of right now, just sort of call a truce. Like we have, we got, we got shit that we got to do. Like she's mm-hmm. got to do her job. I got to do my job. We got right. a hospital, we got a doctor's appointment today. We've got, you know, um, kids are doing school. Like we, we've got, we have to still run our, our house, our family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the time will come in the next day or two when we will sit down and we will revisit kind of the, the, the situation. And, um, I think the thing that, uh, couples who say aren't as skilled as Rebecca and I, and look, we've been married 20, we've been fighting for 23 years. So we, yeah, we just, that's what I was just thinking, I'm like, <laughs> you guys have done this pattern, you know what to expect. We got lots for, of time. So I think yeah. if I'm, if I'm, if I'm extending wisdom into the universe, it's somehow learned to call your truce, right? Somehow learn to say we can, we can still function and we can still be kind and caring while being unresolved or unrepaired. Um, because that, that is just part of the equation. Sometimes you don't have the time or the, or like the, your jets aren't cool enough to get, get back into like a sort of a real connected state, but you still can operate a home or operate a household. Um, I'm not, uh, I'm not a huge fan of having these uh, sort of covert operations going down. Like I know I understand that like you and Rebecca have this unspoken thing because it's your pattern. It's what you guys have established. You you've scripted it and you've played the script out for the last 21 years. But for couples that have been together where fights may not happen very often. Wow. That was like the biggest fight we've ever had. He's never left the house. Now he's gone. He came back last night. He slept on the couch. We haven't talked like it can be traumatizing to sit in that space of unknown for a long time. And one partner could say, I feel justified in, in holding back of the repair. And the other person is just dying to reconnect, just dying to talk it through. And I think that in relationships, you owe your partner the explicit conversation of, Hey, I acknowledge that we are in a spot right now. I recognize that this is something that we're going through and I really want to repair. Well, I'm not ready yet. I'm still really heated. I can't have a a logical conversation with you. I still need to kind of think through this or meet with my therapist or go for a walk, whatever it might be. Um, But I still think that there needs to be that explicit conversation of acknowledging. Yeah. What you're describing is the experience of stonewalling or being stonewalled, which we know Mm -hmm. is one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And when it doesn't get corrected or checked, it predicts relationship demise. And so the partner who leaves says nothing, just withdraws, maybe comes back, sleeps on the couch and, and hasn't closed the conversation. Mm. Yeah. They have a a certain responsibility. And the way I describe it to couples is what happened, say this morning when I left the house, I was, I was rude. I was impolite. I I didn't Mm -hmm. say goodbye. I'll see you later. Um, Mm -hmm. I could have said, I got to go. I'll catch you later. We can talk tonight. Like we still would have known what was going on, but it would have been more polite. So I think if you're going to be a stonewaller or if you're going to, if you're going to use the strategy that stonewalling represents, which is I got to take a break. I've got to cool my jets. I've got to, I can't do this right now. Right. At least do at least be polite. Right. That's what we're, that's what we're suggesting, which is mm-hmm. um, send a text, send a note that says, I totally understand what we're in. That feels relevant. And I'm, I, 
I want to reconnect when I'm when we can. So I, I agree with you in that way, in the sense of like, if you don't have the, the codes built in, yeah, then yeah, you're going to need to be explicit for sure. Hmm. Well, I think this has been a cool uh, conversation, as you say in your <laughs> intro. <laughs> I accidentally called it, I called that uh, interview with Ed the pilot episode because <laughs> it was pilot like, episode. Yeah, yeah the pilot episode cool. is like the first episode of of a series. Yeah. And we'll get back to the series. And actually, here's a couple of things that I'm looking for. Okay. Um, I've been dorking out so hard. It's really fun, actually. I'll tell you, um, I feel like I'm reconnecting to some of my passions that I have not connected to for a while. And maybe it's because of COVID. Maybe it's because, you know, I moved here to Bend and um, I was really focused on making friends and building up my social network. But I'm connecting again to my cooking uh, my passion of cooking, like today I started looking at culinary art programs in, in the Deschutes area that I could get into. I was so close to pulling the trigger of, wouldn't this be so cool? Like, I think that just adding this to my resume would be so dope. Um, I wanted to go to the Park City Culinary Art School last year and was ready to pull the trigger, had the agreement with my husband that that would be something that I could do. And now I'm just like really starting to get stoked to do that again. So um, cooking, I'm back to reading, which is really neat. Are you reading any new books, by the way? Um, I am, but I actually forget the title of the book I'm reading. It's a collection of essays um, that a friend recommended to me. But um, I just read them like one at a time when I'm falling asleep. Yeah. Yeah. I um, I joined, I'm, I don't have a Peloton but mm. there's this big group of Peloton women that I'm thinking are, I'm going to call them the privileged moms and <laughs> the privileged moms have a group and I don't own a Peloton. I don't plan on buying a Peloton, but I wanted to be a part of the privileged mom group because they talk about things like different books. It's like a book club. So I joined the Peloton moms book club. And um, if you're an administrator for this, please don't kick me out. I'm, <laughs> don't intend to pay for it, but I still want to be a part of the group. But I've been um, like collecting all of these books that I want to start reading. And I, I have like three going right now at the same time. Um, I think that's all I had to say. It's just that I'm really feeling good and reconnecting with myself. And I'm glad that you are meeting with your therapist. You're going to go for a heavy backpack walk with her today. I am. Yeah. Good. The highlight of my, it's the highlight of my week. And then okay. I get to find out if I get to take this thing off my finger. Mm, that's right. We're both still injured. Oh, man. I have a sore finger. You can't write with your right hand then. I'm left-handed. Oh, my gosh. I feel like I just discovered something new about you. <laughs> I didn't know that about you. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When you, you play know, soccer, do you are you predominantly left-legged? Uh, no, I'm predominantly right-footed. It's called right-footed. Okay. <laughs> But at this point, I'm pretty ambidextrous. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm so yeah. good at soccer. Yeah, you are. Let's land this plane. Yeah. See you later. All right. Thanks for, thanks for chatting with me today. You got it. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. Continuing on with our series, we are looking for some recommendations of people who have interesting jobs, maybe a comedian. Uh, we interviewed a fighter pilot, maybe looking for a female politician, a beauty queen, a meteorologist. Uh, just a couple of ideas um, to interview and to talk about how you prepare for your job, to be good at what your job and trying to draw some similarities into what we think 
uh, helps you to prepare for a healthy relationship. Send us an email if you have any ideas. It's info at forbetter.us. Thanks so much for all of your time and attention, making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.